0: The feast of the feast of the Lord, and Leviticus chapter twenty-three. I hope you got your Bible there. We're going to look at verse number four through number five. Now, there's seven feasts, and they're a picture of the future and the prophetic picture of the Lord Jesus Christ. All kinds of there's prophecy in them. There's there's a Christian living in them, and there's a faith of the gospel in them. Just everything. But anyway. Let's let's pick it up at verse number 1. The Lord's speaking to Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel and saying to them concerning, and here it is, the feast of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, even these are my feasts. Now, he just, let's just jump for time's sake down to number 4. Verse number 4. These are the feasts of the Lord, even holy convocations, which ye shall proclaim in their seasons. Verse number 5. In the 14th day, and that's not an accident, 14 is the number of deliverance. Uh, the 14th day of the first month at even is the Lord's Passover. The first feast they were to observe was the Lord's Passover. Now keep this in mind. This is the only feast that had occurred before. At this point in history, they're up in, uh, they're in their wilderness journeys. They're getting the Word of God. Uh, the Passover had happened while they were still in Egypt. And now, I want you to take your. Uh, let's go to Exodus chapter 12, and he's going to give us a really cl- close rundown of what this involved and and uh, about this feast of the Passover. I, I hope today that you'll just say, Lord, speak to my heart. Lord, uh, show me and teach me today. Exodus chapter 12 and verse number 1. The Bible said, And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. Now, notice a few things. Underline that beginning of months, this month, it shall be the first month of the year to you. God Says, I'm going to give you a new. I'm going to change everything about your life. Hey, getting saved changes everything. Amen. Amen. Verse number three. Speak you unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of the month, tens the number of testimony. They shall take unto them every man a lamb according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. And if the household be too little for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of the souls. Every man according to his eating, ye shall make account for the lamb. Your lamb. Now notice to start with, it was a lamb. Christ can be a lamb to you, amen. But, but he's the lamb. Amen. And then if you get saved, he's your lamb. Amen. That's the Holy Ghost wrote that, amen. A lamb, your, uh, the lamb and your lamb shall be without blemish. Underline that. A male, underline that. Of the first year, you shall take it out from the sheep and from the goats, and you shall keep it up until the fourteenth day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of the blood and strike it upon the two-side posts and on the upper door post of the houses wherein they shall eat it. And they shall eat the flesh in the night, roast with fire, unleavened and unleavened bread with bitter herbs shall they eat it. Now next Sunday I'll be on the unleavened bread feast and I'll tell you, you're going to be here. Verse number nine, eat not, eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast with fire, his head with his legs and with the pertness thereof. And you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning and that which remaineth of it until the evening shall you burn with fire. And thus shall you eat it. Watch this. With your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. Now, let's go down to verse number 21, and we'll finish up reading and take off a little bit again. Then Moses, verse 21, called for all the elders of Israel and said unto them, Draw out, take your lamb according to your families and kill the Passover. And you shall take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin. So here's what they did. They brought that lamb, yielding up, one without blemish. They laid their hands upon his head as I talked last week and leaned on that lamb's head And that was an act representing that their sins were being transferred to the innocent sacrifice. The lamb is a picture of Jesus Christ. The man with his hands on the head of the lamb was saying, I place my faith that this innocent is dying in the place of me, the guilty. That's why when John the Baptist saw Jesus Christ coming at the Jordan River in John 1, 29, Behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. All of these feasts were a picture of Jesus Christ coming and his work. Now, it said there, it, they took that blood and they put it in the basin. And then they took hyssop and they put that hyssop, they put it upon the doorpost and on each side. By the way, that makes a cross. No blood blood, you don't trample on the blood of Jesus, but you put that blood and it was on the outside of your house. Two things. Number one, God said, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. There's a song. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. You had to have that blood on there or death would strike your home. The firstborn would be the one to kill. As in Adam, all die. Adam was the first and that was passed on. That was a symbolization that all had sinned and come short of the glory of God. So then it comes on down. He says, strike the side post, the blood of which you're based and none of you should go out the door of the house in the morning for the Lord will pass through and smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood, upon the lentil. I said two things. When God sees it, but let me tell you something about it. You put that blood on the outside of your door, other people could see it too. And by the way, may I say to you that when you put Jesus Christ's blood, when you've received his death, his burial, his sacrifice, his substitute, and you put the blood by faith upon the door of your heart, I want to tell you other people ought to be able to see a difference in your life and they ought to know that, that you're, you're trusting Christ and not yourself. He said seeeth the blood upon the lentil on the two sides for the Lord will pass over the door. And that's where we get that song. When I see the blood. I will pass over you and ask you a question right now. Does God see the blood of Jesus Christ on the door of your heart? Yes. Have you by faith believed in the Lord Jesus Christ? Now I want you to go to 1 Corinthians 5 7 or at least put it upon the board and I want you to look at this and this will tell you right dividing the word of truth and preaching the word of God. 1 Corinthians 5 7. Watch this in the feast. Purge out therefore the old leaven. Next week we're going to talk about leaven. The Feast of Unleavened Bread comes after the Passover. Here's what the deal is. The Passover is when you got saved, redeemed and and bought and purchased and saved by the sacrifice of another. But unleavened bread is is after you're saved. And we'll look at that next week. Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened. For even Christ our Passover is sacrifice for us. What's that tell you? That everything that that Passover feast had to do with was pointing toward the Lord Jesus Christ coming and dying for you and I as the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Now, I want to tell you something. The Passover is a picture of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here's the background of the Passover. The the Israeli people had been in bitter bondage for over 400 years. They were a picture of people that are bonded to sin. Until I was 28 years of old, I was in the bondage of sin. You can't save yourself and Satan owns you, controls you, runs your life. By the way, if you're listening to me online or in here and you're lost, if you really understood who's your master and where he's going to lead you, you wouldn't wait for me to get done preaching. You'd ask God to save you right now. But it's a picture of them as being slaves as in the bondage of sin. They were under Pharaoh. Pharaoh was a type of the devil, a type of Satan, controlling their lives and captured them. Egypt, they were down in Egypt, is a picture of the world. Egypt is a picture of all that's of the world in the Bible. Israel was a picture of the sinner who could not deliver himself. And Moses was a picture of the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, their Deliverer. And as I said, the firstborn represents all people. The firstborn as in Adam all die. Now the basis of the Passover was this. They were to have a new month. Let me just tell you something. When you get saved, you're a new creature. It's your new birthday. Amen? And if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He had a new birthday. Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again. This is a picture again of when a person applies the blood of Christ, receives him as their Savior, They're born again into the family of God and they have a new life and a new birthday. Amen. By the way, my first birthday is not near as important to me as my second birthday. I can always tell you when I was born the second time. January the 24th, 1982 at about 830 in the evening, I got born again. Amen. All right. Now, and it was on the 10th day. Well, the 10 is a testimony, and when you take Christ up, it's a testimony of several things that you believe God is, and you know you're a sinner, and you know God's holy, and you know God's going to punish sin, and you know you're guilty before God, and you know you deserve the wrath of God, but you've come to God for mercy, and you've placed your faith in Jesus Christ as your substitute. It's a testimony on the 10th day, and then the lamb was without blemish and was a male. Without blemish speaks that Jesus Christ is holy. He's without sin. He said, which of you confess? of me of sin. And Jesus was the lamb of God. And he never sinned in thought, in word, in motive, in action, in deed, in in no other way. He's the sinless lamb of God. Amen. Amen. And that cannot be said of any other person in the entire history of mankind. Then the Bible said they were to kill it. And that speaks of a death of a substitute dying in my place for my sin. Then they were to take the blood. Leviticus 22 said the life of the flesh is in the blood and they would strike it to the side post of the upper door post, which as I said, makes a picture of the cross. Then they would roast it with fire. Fire speaks, watch this, that speaks of the judgment of God on the Lord Jesus Christ. Fire speaks of judgment and Christ was being judged for my sin and for your sin. Judged guilty so that I could be free, so that I could be innocent. Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree. That's what I'm talking about. You say, Reggie, I don't understand it. I don't either, but I'll tell you one thing. He did it. Amen. He took my sin away. Amen. When he died on the cross of Calvary. I'm saying to you this, that he is the Lamb of God. It rose with fire. He took the judgment and the wrath of God. Can I say to you, if you don't let Jesus take the judgment of God for you. You will be under the judgment. Of, there's no other place to escape the judgment of God except through the Lord Jesus Christ. And then that unleavened bread speaks of Christ being without sin. Then they would eat it with bitter herbs. Oh, listen to me. Bitter herbs speaks of repentance. I'll tell you something. We need some, we, you want to hear a message on the fruit of repentance. You listen to Wednesday night's message that was preached here at this church. I'm going to tell you something right now for the last two months and actually three months, I've been hearing some of the best messages. You won't hear any better preaching in America than what you've been hearing on Wednesday nights at this church. I'm telling you, we got a bunch of preachers in here. I don't know what God's going to do with them, but I'll tell you what I think. Oh, volcano is going to pop up and God's going to do something with our preacher boys. Amen. I will to tell you something. They're preaching, but the bitter earth, I'm going to tell you something. Sin is bitter and you ought to have a, that's a saying that you understand you're a sinner. It's, hey, it's a bitter thing to admit you're a sinner. Yeah. I mean, to come out with—come out and be just honest about your lying and your cheating and your stealing yeah. and your hatred and your greed yeah. and your jealousy yeah. and, and your attitude, yeah. much less all the other garbage. Yeah. Amen. I'll tell you what, then they were to eat it. That's the representative of receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. Then they would do this. Watch this. Boy, I'll tell you something. I'm, lo- I'm looking for the trumpet to sound. Amen. I'm ready. Amen. I pray. Hey, I want someone to be praying that while I'm preaching, the trumpet will sound. Amen. I'd like to be preaching when the Lord comes back. But God says, I want you to take that lamb. I want you to put that blood up there and I want you to roast that lamb and I want you to eat it and receive Christ as your sustenance, as your strength and he said, I want your loins girded. He said, I want your shoes on and I want want your staff in your hand. You know what that's a picture of? I'm just a pilgrim and a stranger traveling through this world. Amen. This world is not my home. I'm getting out of this place one of these days by the Lord Jesus Christ. And what I'm telling you is a picture that when God saves you, he'll take you out of Egypt. He leaves nobody in Egypt that gets saved. Amen. And if you're saved today, God's going to take you out of the world. And you may not like it, but I would tell you something, you fight that long enough, it's going to be evidence you never have been saved. Amen. Most of you, what you want's One foot in the world and one church, one foot in religion. I'm going to tell you something, that's like the old boy trying to ride two horses. Hey, them horses go different ways. Something's going to happen bad. It ain't going to be to the horses. That's why people's tore up emotionally. Their minds screwed up, messed up. They're trying to ride two horses, one of the world and one of the church. And you can't do it. I'm going to tell you something we need to understand. That house you're living in today. It's going to rot down or somebody else is going to live in it and it's going to come down. Right. That car you're driving, that, that $70,000 truck you're driving, they're going to crush it one of these days. <laughs> Amen. Everything around you is temporal. God is trying to teach us something. I'm just a pilgrim traveling through this land. Hey, I ought to have my loins girded up. That means pull your britches up. <laughs> Amen. Put a belt on and get ready to move because you're moving out of this country. A pilgrim and by the way, a stranger. I'm going to tell you something. The longer I live, the stranger this world is to me. I will to tell you something. I ain't never going to get used to this world's stupid strangeness. Amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now say, take him out of there. Well, it's a picture of Calvary and the cross and the great principle of the sacrifice and substitution of Christ for our sins and how God deals with the person. Now, I want to preach on just for a little bit on the blessings that come with the Passover. Saved from the wrath of first. Number one, write these down if you want to. But the Passover saves us from the wrath of God. Put up, man, boys, just stay ahead of me if you can. Matthew 3 7. I want you to look at this verse. Now, you listen to me. What was going on was God was coming in judgment, in fiery judgment of death, wages his death. The lamb and the blood was the only thing that could keep you from the judgment of God. Now, I'll tell you something about God God is a God of wrath. Yeah. Right. God is a God of wrath. Seem to be like most preachers in America were afraid to say that. I want you to look at that verse, verse number seven. Oh, generation of vipers. Who hath warned you to flee from the wrath to come? You know what flee means? It means run as fast as you can get your legs moving. That means that you ought to understand something. You listen to this preacher today, you may never come back to this church, but you're going to hear it one time. There's a God of wrath against sin, and his wrath is going to come upon you and upon this world. I'm telling you, hell is the eternal wrath of God against sin. You bust hell wide open. You have the eternal wrath of God against your sin. Let me just tell you something. God gave his son for you. He freely gave his son for you. He doesn't ask you for money. He doesn't ask you for merit. He doesn't ask you to do nothing but believe on his son and you spit on that and trample on that. I'm going to tell you something. You've got the wrath of God coming at you. Lost man, you're going to bust hell wide open. That's right. Don't you joke around about it either. If you can open up the pit, open up this floor this morning, I'm telling you, drill down to hell and begin to hear their screams and their wailing and their gnashing of teeth that holler up, oh, somebody bring a bit of water, tip of water on their finger and cool my tongue for I'm tormented in these flames. Just be honest with you, I'm about sick of all the lolly dolly church service stuff. (laughs) And never talk about hell. Never talk about the wrath of God. I'm telling you this morning, God is a God of wrath. I know he's a God of love, but I'm telling you right now, if you don't accept, let me tell you something, You're going to go to heaven on his terms, not yours. You're not setting the terms. The terms are repentance toward God and faith in Jesus Christ. That's the terms. You don't get to set them. I don't get to set them. God sets them. He said, repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive him as your Savior. If you don't, the wrath of God is coming against you. It's so powerful. Those people were religious. They were religious people. They wanted to be baptized. And God said, bring forth the fruit of repentance. And he said, flee from the wrath to come. Run from it. Where do you run? It's the one place to run. Amen. Straight to the cross. Straight into the arms of Jesus Christ. He's the only one who can save you. I want you to look at Matthew, John chapter 3, verse 36. John 3, 36 says, He said, that he, uh, uh, he that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son of God shall not see life, but what? <laughs> Did you know you not receiving Christ as your savior, believe it on him, the wrath of God is already abiding on you. Right. Somebody, watch this very carefully. Somebody says, well, I'd go to that church, but I always feel so condemned when I go there. Amen. You know why? Because yeah. your heart's not right with God. That's right. I'll tell you right now. Hey, a saved man. We'll jump and rejoice at that. Amen. Bless God, His wrath's not on me anymore. Amen. Christ took the wrath of God and the judgment of God, and He freed me from my sin. And he forgave me. I don't have the wrath of God abiding on me. Amen. You don't get all ticked off because somebody preaches about hell. I tell you what, I preached revival many years ago, and I've had parents come and say, I just wish you wouldn't preach about hell. My little kids are sitting there and used to preaching on hell, fire, and brimstone. I'll tell you what. It's no wonder God wrote Ichabod in front of a bunch of churches. You don't want to preach on hell that Jesus died to save you out of. Look at Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2 verse number 5. Well, let's look at Romans eighteen That's a good one. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in righteousness. Let me tell you something right now. I, I, I tell you, my heart breaks over all this sodomite, transgender, all this stupid stuff going on. Those people are going to bust hell wide open. I get no joy out of that. That grieves my heart. I mean, they're just stumbling toward the pits of hell. They're just stumbling in darkness toward the pits of hell. Don't know that Satan's leading them straight off into the abyss. The wrath of God. Look at verse 55. Here's what happened. By the way, can I say something to you? You said in church, this can happen to you. But after thy hardness and impending the heart, that means you will not repent. You will not confess you're a sinner. Yeah. Treasures up unto thyself wrath. Yeah. The more you fight God, the greater wrath you're treasured up against yourself. Yeah. Right. I want to tell you something right now. Some of you think you know me. You don't know me. If you think for a second I'm up here preaching because I like being in front of people, you lost your ever living yeah. stupid mind. Yeah. If I did not believe that verse, if I did not believe that verse, I would throw that Bible down and walk out of this house. If that's not true, yeah. I'm telling you something. Your soul is important. Your salvation is the most critical thing in the world. Amen. You don't need to be playing games with it. Look at what he said there. After thy hardness and impending the heart, Sunday after Sunday, day after day, you fight God and say, I will not. If God don't agree with me on my terms, how to live and what I'm going to do, then God can get lost. You listen to me, I've been preaching a long time. I've watched a lot of kids grow up in this church house and they split like sheep and goats. I've seen it. Hardness. The time they're 18 years old, they got hard as a rock. Impenitent heart. Mad at their parents. Man at anybody who doesn't want to go along with how they want to do. Impentant heart. Go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse number 6. Most people don't believe this verse right here. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Are you listen to me? Why would a child of disobedience be in your mind? Somebody who knows been told what to do, won't do it. Did you know that one, diso- one disobedience sent entire mankind? God said, don't. They did. Boom. It disobedience serious business. God says he'd, he'd rather you ob- obey him than have sacrifice. He'd rather you obey him than bring $10,000 and lay down the offer plate here. That's exactly right. Now watch this. For because of these things, let no man deceive you. But so because of these things come the wrath of God upon the children so be ye not, be not ye therefore partakers with them. Now watch it. For sometimes you were in darkness but now you're light. Boys, I want you to get me another verse. I want you to get to Ephesians 5, 6. Did we get 5, 6 there? Give me 5, 6. Ephesians 5, 6. I'm going to give it the one I on. I may have the wrong reference. Watch what God says. Fornication. I had a preacher one time in Norwood, past, pastor to the church here in Norwood. I'm not going to say what church it was. Caught me up at Mountain Grove. I was getting gas at a gas station. When I walked in, he said, Kelly. I looked up I said, yeah. He said, you're the very worst thing that ever happened to Norwood. And I mean with venom. I said, what are you talking about? He said, all you know how to do is preach on fornication and adultery. You don't know the gospel if it walked in front of you. I said well I want to tell you something over 50% of church, church people in America are getting divorced and remarried and, 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 and the average kid out here fornication, adultery is going on everywhere I said somebody's not preaching against it yeah, that's right. I said what did Christ die for? you talking about the gospel? what did Christ die for? for our sins right. but if you don't know you're a sinner what well, do you need a gospel for? It. Right. you know what can you believe a preacher be mad at you for preaching on this? Wow. a preacher is I mean just scale you publicly in front of everybody for preaching that? God said, the wrath of God is upon you. And in verse, it may have the wrong way, but fornication, all uncleanness, covetousness, filthiness, foolish talking, jesting, whoremongers, unclean. Let no man deceive you. For because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Yeah. We better wake up. Yeah. First Thessalonians 1.10. I'm talking about pastor. What did Passover do? Oh, just a feast. We're put. By the way, Jesus died on Passover. He's the Passover Lamb. Look at First Thessalonians chapter one, and verse number ten. If we get it, and wait for a son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. When Jesus died and shed his blood, it was to deliver you and I from the wrath to come. Right. Yeah. I'm going to tell you something. I fear for America. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a prophet. God ain't told me nothing. But I'm looking back, and you can learn something history. God's going to use a heathen nation to destroy this nation. That's what he always did. I wouldn't be surprised if China don't bomb us out of existence. I really won't be surprised if China and Russia allies up against us. We'll take the East Coast. You take the West Coast. We're going to put them out. You know what God may be saying? I never gave such light to any nation in the world like America. I never blessed any people like I blessed America. And look what they're doing to me. We have, watch this. You know what's really going on in America right now? If you were to get in an airplane and go to England or go to any, any foreign country where they had their magazine racks and their stations, we are blaspheming God to the world. That's right. They don't see you folks in church here this morning right. wanting the truth of God, supporting the truth of God, trying to raise your families in God. What they see is all the nakedness. It's trans this, trans that, trans this, Sodomite here, gay this, and queer that, and faggot that. And that's all they see. And by the way, do you know what Muslims really feel like? Muslims believe with their heart that their, quote, Allah wants them to destroy us because we're so nasty. That's right. Yeah. But Brett, is that not the truth? It's true. Yes, sir. They see us as the filth. The great Satan. Great Satan. And we claim to have some kind of Christianity, but preachers are going along with all this stuff and nobody's saying. I mean, we won't even call it what it is in public now. Amen. Right. I'm telling you something. I, I, the wrath of God, and I don't want this. I'm not saying, "Oh, I hope that happens." I'm just telling you. I, my heart trembles. Right. The Bible said, that "Them that tr- he'll be near to those that tremble at his word." Yeah. The Bible said, to begin "The beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord." Yeah. This nation needs to get back to fearing God yeah. instead of what people will think if you say the truth. Yeah. If look at Revelation chapter, we're not going to go through this, but just for time's sake, it's so late. But if you get into Revelation 19, it talks about the fierceness and the wrath of Almighty God. Now, I'm going to tell you something. The wrath of God is what the blood saved us from. It's what your Bible teaches. Hell and the lake of fire, the eternal storm of God's wrath against sin. And the blood of the lamb is the only thing that will make you escape the wrath of God. If you're listening to me right now and you've never been saved, you need to ask God. I'm telling you, forgive you of your sin. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Call out for his mercy. Call out for his grace. And don't try to make a deal with God. Just call out say, God be merciful to me, a sinner. And save me for Jesus' sake. Trust his blood. The second thing the blessing of the Passover does is deliverance. Put up 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 10. God delivered them out of bondage and the power of sin. This excites me, amen? I, want to, I mean, I just want to shake the pulpit. I'll tell you something, I was never free till God freed me. Amen. I'll tell you what, I, don't, you know, I was, go to work, you know, I'd be afraid to say anything about God. You go to school, be afraid to say anything about God. I was a chicken. I was a wimp. Yep. And I'll tell you right now, if you're ashamed of Jesus Christ, you're a wimp. Amen. amen. Oh, you say, well, that makes me mad. Well, you need to get mad. That's right. You need to recognize you'll never be a man until you stand up for Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. I'll tell you right now, he delivered them. from. He took them out of there, man, with power and by blood and power. And that's what he did with you. He'll make you, did you know that if you're going to be a preacher, you can't be afraid of anybody. Amen. The fear of man bringeth a snare. The problem we've got is everybody's afraid to say anything. Must be politically correct. Baloney. Biblically correct. Amen. 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 Adultery is still adultery. Amen. Fornication is still fornication. Amen. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Now let me give you something good. When you got saved, God delivered you from the penalty of sin. Now, as here. In your sanctification of your soul, he's saving you from the practice of sin. Amen. When he comes back and resurrects us a new glorified body, he'll save us from the presence of sin. Amen. Complete deliverance. Spirit, soul, body. Complete deliverance from the, from the Passover lamb. God also gave us redemption in 1 Peter 1.18. For as much as you know that you're not redeemed with corruptible things of silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition of your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot and redeemed us by the blood of the lamb. Somebody says, I don't like your preaching. Why don't you surrender to preacher? You'll do a better job than I would anyway. Come on, I'll, just come, I'll come listen to you. Amen. i gonna tell you something, I don't like my own preaching sometimes. I don't know what's going on this morning, but I feel like the devil out of hell is fighting me with everything he's got. And, and if he does that, then I get wound up more, amen. Hebrews 9, 12 says, by his own blood, he turned eternal redemption for us justification. Romans 5, 9 says much more than being now justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. We're sanctified by the blood. We're not just saved from wrath by the blood. We're delivered by the blood. We're redeemed by the blood. We're justified by the blood and we're sanctified by the blood. Hebrews 13, 12, wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate. Boy, I'd like to preach on that. We have communion with the blood. First Corinthians chapter 11. We take of that. This is my body. This is my blood which was shed for you. I have communion with God my father upon the basis of the shed blood of his son. Without the blood, I can't even talk to God. Amen. Amen. Woo. Amen. Then I have fellowship through the blood. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. The basis of my fellowship is the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm going to go over it again. I'm saved from wrath by the blood. I'm delivered from the darkness of sin and the bondage of sin by the blood. I'm redeemed by the blood. I'm justified by the blood. I'm sanctified by the blood. I have communion through the blood. I have fellowship through the blood. Without the blood, we're all gathered here at false purposes today. My identity is in the blood. My sonship is with the blood. I'm a possession by the blood, Acts twenty twenty eight, which he hath purchased with his own blood. For you're not your own. You're bought with a price, with the precious blood of Christ. I have his promises through the blood. This is my blood till he come. The promises of God and you and I are based upon the blood of Jesus Christ. And I thank God for the blood. The blood of Christ saves. The blood of Christ redeems. The blood of Christ justifies. The blood of Christ sanctifies. The blood of Christ protects me. Boy, I'll tell you something. The old death angel come through there and say, well, I can't touch them. They got the blood on them. Amen. Amen. I'm glad. I'm glad when the devil comes around. I can't touch him. He's got the blood on him. Amen. I'll tell you what the blood washes. Amen. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. Go into a shrink and take and a pill will never wash your sins away. I don't taste, amen, <laughs> nothing but the blood, amen, To wash away my sins. And the blood's what bought me, and the blood's what made me. They overcame him. I'm a conqueror through the blood. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. Amen. amen. What's said in Revelation 12 11, amen. You and I ought to celebrate and remember the Passover if you're on the blood. I'll tell you what, y'all ought to get a old Holy Ghost shout and spell everyone's while. and grunt, amen. Grunt loud enough so your wife can hear you, Amen. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. I'm not letting them have all the fun at the ball game. Amen. I tell you what, get off on a side note here. Sports has become a political conduit for wokeism and council culture. One of the greatest coaches ever was in America said last week, he said, I ain't watched a ball game since 2020. Because he said, all they're trying to do is bend your mind to their Amen. liberal causes. Amen. Certainly use every avenue you can. Amen. I going to tell you something. I have more fun at church than anywhere in the world. Amen. I'll tell you what I mean. I'm just, I just, I I'm so thrilled by the blood. Amen. I'm so glad I'm washed in the blood. Amen. Amen. I'll tell you y'all to celebrate and remember the Passover. And I mean, thank God, there's some benefits to the Passover. The Passover was a promise. Amen. They believe that Passover said, one day, The Messiah, the Lamb of God is going to come. They were hundreds and thousands of years before that. But they they came and they believed and they killed those lambs, believing that he would come. When Passover came, when Jesus was here, he died and and that's talking about the present and the Lord's Supper. And we take the Lord's Supper, examine ourselves and communion with him and fellowship with him. I want to show you something good, boy. I want to show you something good. Go to Luke chapter 22, verse number 16. And I got to cut this off. I'm going to have to do like, hey, I'm going to have to, Take a shortcut and you just cut five acres instead of ten. Would that be all right, Kenny? Anybody ever done that size me? All right. I want you to look at this. Jesus talking to his disciples. And they're having their cup and the bread right here. All right. Just before he dies. For I say unto you, I will not anymore eat thereof until it be fulfilled in the kingdom of God. You know what he's talking about? Watch this. He said back over there in Exodus, Bill, there's a looking for... The Passover Lamb to come—that yeah. was future. Jesus came, and you and I take the Lord's Supper here in church. In present, thankful that He did come. Yeah. But on the what's this? In the Old Testament, there's the altar. In the New Testament, there's a table. Yeah. But in the Kingdom, there's going to be a throne, right. Amen. cross, and the crown. Amen. The cross. Gives us communion. The communion tells us till he come. And we're going to drink with him in the heaven at the marriage supper of the lamb. Amen. Amen. One of these days it ain't going to be we'll observe the Lord's supper. One of these days he's going to be Christ himself shall guard us. And serve great good men all around. Someday we're going to have the marriage supper of the Lamb with our Lord Jesus Christ and forever and forever. Do you know what you're going to do in eternity? Forever and forever. Bless God Jesus died, shed his blood for me. I'm a child of God. I'm living with God forever. Satan's in the lake of fire. Christ is King of kings and Lord of lords. And that's where we're at. Amen. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to import me 15 or 20 Pentecostals so get in here if you don't start shouting a little bit. <laughs> Then I'm going to go get me three or four blacks. Amen. Amen. That's right. I tell you what, I, I never will forget. Like, you, you mind if I just have a good time for a little bit? This is Ira, and that's obvious. Good over a little bit. I was preaching one time over around Hartville. and, there's, and there's, I got up there and hadn't been preaching, I haven't been preaching very long. And there's this big old black boy, and he is so big, his knees wouldn't fit between the pews, and he did like this. And I'd get to preaching, and I got to preaching, Kenny, and a little pretty soon, he said, come on. Amen. I'm said, that's right come on I'm gonna tell you we need some good old fashioned that's right come on preacher you know what he's doing he was doing what you ought to do to your beagle hound. come on boy get him I had a dog, and if you'd say sick them, he'd eat their heels up. Amen. Every once in a while, you need to sick the preacher on, amen. amen? You need to say, come on, preach it. If he's preaching Christ, preaching the blood, amen. preaching the book, preaching the second coming, I'm telling you something right now. That's what life is about. Amen. That's what it's about, amen? Well, you bunch of Episcopalians out there, <laughs> amen. You say, Reggie? <laughs> I don't know. I I, I want to to give you something, Matthew. Go to Matthew, Revelation chapter 19. Now I said a while ago that if I wasn't real about this, I'd get out of here. If this ain't real, I'd make craziness. But it is real. It's the most important, blessed thing in the world, preaching about the blood of Jesus Christ and what it did for us. Revelation chapter 19, I'm going to show you what he's talking about in Luke 22. Verse number 7. Let us, what? Be glad and Then, let us be glad. That's right. Enjoy. That's right. Van, you was a singing this morning, I noticed you stopped and kinda gently chided them a little bit and said some of you got your head down. Now you listen to me. <laughs> I was crying before I got to church this morning. No. Well I'm gonna tell you Satan's been attacking me every Sunday morning. Attacking me like hell. I mean you cannot believe. It's like a demonic force comes on and just tries I mean it, I don't even want to talk about it. Yeah. And I literally carry and took food down at my mom's when I was the house by myself and I literally had to get on my knees and say, God, could you give me enough grace to get to church? Amen. Amen. God, do something for me today. Now I going to tell you something. You have to kind of make up your mind once in a while that everything he's telling he's a bald-faced lie out of hell. And every once in a while, you need to think on those things which are just and holy and pure and right and truth. And sometimes even you need to speak the truth to your own mind and your own heart. And i tell you what I did. I was getting my suit coat out of the closet, Kenny, and I fell down on my knees somewhere and I just said, God, I'll tell you what, if you'll give me a little bucket of grace, I'll go one more time to that church and I'll preach your son's name. I'll preach his blood. I'll preach his sacrifice. But one of these days, Brother Phil, one of these days, look what it says. We're going to be at the marriage supper of Lamb. Be glad and rejoice. Amen. Be glad and rejoice. And I'll tell you what, they got a person singing a while ago. What was you singing? I don't remember that song. Oh, say, but I'm glad. Why well, is that person going, oh, say, but I'm sad, I'm sad. Oh, say, but I'm sad. And some Sundays I sing, oh, say, but I'm mad. I'm mad. Oh, say, but I'm But you know what? Before the song got over, I was singing, oh, say, but I'm glad, I'm glad. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. We, he's coming back. Amen. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to who? Amen. To him. Amen. For the marriage of the Lamb is come and his wife has made, it. It. has made her. Are you ready? Amen. Are you ready? Amen. Now, this is more real. Then you go driving by McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> I don't tell you something. We're going to have a marriage feast to the Lamb, and I'll just be honest with you, folks. It could be real soon. Yes. Yeah. I don't think we're very far off from it. Oh, he said, "There, makers and watch the verse number." And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, and cli- clean and white, for the fine linen is righteousness of the saints. Where did we get our righteousness from? Yeah. From, from our heavenly bride. bridegroom, Jesus Christ. His righteousness was imputed to us, and he saith unto me, "Watch this. Blessed are they which are called." And the marriage supper of the Lamb. Yes. Amen. Boy, I tell you what, you ought to shout. Amen. I say, bless God Almighty. I'm going to be done with McDonald's. I'm going to be done with Pizza Hut. Amen. Amen. Going to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Sorry, low down scumbags like me are going to get to sit at the table of the marriage supper of the Lamb. You know why? Because of his blood. Let's stand. Van, you got that song?